Welcome to First 15, and thanks for giving the first 15 minutes of your day to God while learning to listen to Him in a personal way. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. We're all followers here, and we're learning to listen to God's Word, to meditate on it, and then to pray it back to Him in a genuine, heartfelt response. I'm glad you're with us today, and we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 12. Jesus has been facing increasing opposition in his ministry, and we're going to see today how he handles that. And in fact, he goes back to scripture and redefines his role for his followers. So that's coming up in just a second. I invite you to subscribe to our podcast here on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or you can watch us on YouTube. The goal on First 15 is to help us to get into the Bible, get into God's Word and listen to it so that we can then meditate and we can pray it back to Him. And then we apply the lessons we've learned in these first 15 minutes into the rest of our lives. That's the four-step process. And if you'd like to have a demonstration of that, we go through it in more detail in the first episode back in Matthew 1. So you can find that at podcast.wordofprayer.com. We also have a help sheet that you can download from there that details it if you want a written document. Jesus is challenged by the Jewish leaders. He's been doing all sorts of things, healing people, teaching, but the other Jewish leaders are not happy with him because they see Jesus as violating the Jewish Sabbath law which they interpreted as forbidding work, but they defined Jesus as healing people as work. And they said, there's six other days of the week where you can heal people. Don't heal them on the Sabbath. And Jesus says, the Sabbath is meant to give life. It is God's will to give people life and restore them to fullness. And so why not heal them on the Sabbath? That's God's plan. That's God's will for us. And so there's a real difference in Outlook. In today's episode, we're going to read from Matthew 12, verses 15 through 21. Jesus, knowing that they were out to get him, moved on. A lot of people followed him, and he healed them all. He also cautioned them to keep it quiet, following guidelines set down by Isaiah. Look well at my hand-picked servant. I love him so much. Take such delight in him. I've placed my spirit on him. He'll decree justice to the nations. But he won't yell, won't raise his voice. There'll be no commotion in the streets. He won't walk over anyone's feelings, won't push you into a corner. Before you know it, his justice will triumph. The mere sound of his name will signal hope, even among far-off unbelievers. Now, Jesus, being aware that a very determined opposition has risen up and was already, in fact, plotting his death, he withdraws along with his followers, and many other people, besides his hardcore followers, also follow him. And instead of being worried about this developing conspiracy against him, Jesus, in fact, doubles down. He heals the, all the sick that are in the crowd that follow him. Matthew shows us that Isaiah's prophecy that I just read from Isaiah chapter 53 is more than just gracious words. In fact, 
this prophecy was actually fulfilled in the person of Jesus. He wasn't here to win arguments, uh, to dispute and quarrel and to make a public spectacle. Instead, he came to bring hope, to restore justice, to walk in the power of God's Spirit, and to serve him alone. Sometimes you can learn a lot about a person by watching how they deal with opposition, how they deal with conflict, especially the kind of unfair treatment that Jesus was being subjected to. It reveals something about his character, the way that he chooses to deal with it. Jesus's enemies were so enraged at him that they wanted to silence him permanently. Now, clearly, that's against the law. Murder was against the law. And in fact, that's what they want to do. They want to put him to death. So Jesus, in fact, is so full of God's spirit that he wanted to heal and to continue bringing release to people and justice and to help those who had been so long mistreated to be restored and reconciled and brought back into regular society. You can choose to follow Jesus' way, or you can pursue the way of the world, but you can't do both. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for showing us from the example of Jesus how to deal with opposition. He shows us not to be silenced by it, not to be stopped by it, not to define himself by it, but instead to look to you and your word to define him. And so, Lord, we ask you, define us by your word. Help us find our identity as being your servants and to do what pleases you and you alone and not to worry about what pleases or displeases other people. We embrace your spirit, your gentle justice, and we put our hope in you. I turn my back on the ways of the world and I will serve you alone. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I seek you. I know that you will triumph over all plotting and all mischief, just as Jesus did. I pray, Lord, that you, in the end, will bring relief for the suffering, and you will bring justice for those who are mistreated, and you will bring life on the other side of death and disgrace, just as you did in the person and in the ministry of Jesus. We put our full hope and our faith in you and pray in his name. Amen. So here's two ideas for today, how we can apply this into the rest of our lives. First of all, how do you handle opposition? Are you, in fact, in conflict with someone else in your life right now? Jesus didn't avoid conflict, but he saw his role in God's eyes versus defining himself against or in the eyes of the opposition. He was here as God's servant. He knew clearly that was his calling. That was his mission. How does it change things if you see yourself as God's servant and not in terms of needing to prove something? Second idea, Jesus is being pursued. He knows that there's plots and there's conspiracy out for his life. Things are getting dangerous for him. So my question today for us is, how do you respond to danger? 
Jesus wasn't a daredevil who took chances just for the thrill of it. His commitment to do the right thing, to speak up for the weak, to heal the sick, to oppose mindless tradition or overzealous religionists, landed him in danger. Are you willing to keep traveling with him even if it leads into what appear to be dangerous situations? There's a couple of thought questions for us today, and I pray that you'll take that with you into the rest of today and and keep thinking about how God's Word impacts and applies to your life. Thanks for listening and praying with me today. We're both following Jesus on this journey, and I'm glad that you came along. And I just ask that uh, you give some feedback. Leave us a comment um, if you can, or give us a review if you're on Apple iTunes. Also, I want to say today's episode is brought to you by Journey with Jesus, praying your way through Matthew's Gospel. Book 4, which has a purple cover, if you're looking for it on Amazon, is a great way to get our hearts prepared for Easter season. So get a copy of that. Until next time, keep praying.